DJ and PK, time to welcome in Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Bowler, good morning. DJ, PK, how are y'all? Good. I thought that was an interesting game last night. I thought there was a lot of stuff going on. What do you think is the... Uh, the best thing the Jazz did and the worst thing they did, the number one thing that Quinn's going to want to correct in the next video, slash pra- video session slash practice, and then the best thing, the thing he's going to want to reinforce in the next video session. Uh, let's see. Let's start with the one we talked about the last uh, three days rebounding. I thought it was a, um, a great bounce back from the two games on the road in Sacramento and, and L.A. with the Clippers. So you look at boards against the uh, best rebounding team in the NBA. The Jazz uh, had a 50-42 advantage, and they finally got some, you know, paints in the point, <laughs> points in the paint, and they also uh, got second chance points. I mean, those were the two big things that were bothering, uh, you know, Jazz fans, and it was uh, jumping out there at you, at you especially uh, against the Clippers, and then the the, the blockout that, ne- that that never occurred in Sacramento that cost them a, a one point loss. So, I think that's a positive. The Jazz went to work. I thought focused and uh, were much more aggressive last night, despite the fact Ben Simmons got hurt. I thought the Jazz just had more energy and uh, were the, the the better team last night. Um, how about keeping Joel and beat off the free throw line? I mean, it, it really the the fourth quarter is is kind of a uh, despite the 31-22 advantage by Philly, I thought, again, the free throws made that uh, quarter imbalanced. Uh, I thought the Jazz, you know, it's, it's, I thought they were a better team than a two-point win last night. So, you know, he'll talk about fouling, and he's always talking about hands up and showing hands. And I thought, again, a couple of times last night, Royce O'Neal, Tony Bradley especially did a good job in that. But at the same time, he put any type of body into a player like Ben Simmons, you're going to get a whistle. And that's what this league is. Uh, it's an offensive league, and it's tough to play defense. Uh, so I think he's got to be pleased uh, with the way the Jazz really bounced back from the two road losses and beat a team that is supposed to uh, be at the top of the East, if not win the East. So um, I thought some, a lot of good things did happen, DJ, as you mentioned. A lot of good storylines. I thought Joe Ingles, too, was a huge story off the bench. Uh, there was a lot of life. Uh, with that second unit last night led by by Joe. That's exactly where I was going to go, Craig. I believe that Joe Ingles needs to find himself more influential on the offensive end. And what I mean by that, a simpler way, is have the ball more and take more shots. Right. No, I'm not going to argue. You know, looking at his numbers last night, I mean, that's Joe Ingles, right? I mean, that's Joe Ingles. He's not six and a half points a night. I mean, Joe Ingles is a guy that needs those 11 shots that he got, and he got 16 points, and he was just a, a guy with uh, active hands, and he was jawing again. I thought he was on a, He was also part of that Jazz defense that was intimidating at times, and uh, he, he's just a player that, you PK, you have to have on the floor. He does multiple things. Um, you know, semi-coach. Uh, he's smart. Uh, you know, he's a he's a trash talker. He's a guy that gets nitty gritty, jumps for loose balls, and you got to have a player like that. Royce O'Neal, same way. He's not taking a lot of off, you know, a lot of shots offensively, but obviously he knows his role, and that's to go out there and get uh, get physical, right? Defensively, and we saw that again last night too. So both those guys combined, I thought, really gave the Jazz energy 
and uh, and the crowd did too last night. Uh, I think there was a lot of fans in the stands anxious to get a Jazz win and, and again tomorrow night another big test with the Bucks. I mean that that team we know well and that's with Ant- with Antetokounmpo. Uh, they're they are about as good as they get too. Those two teams, the top ones right now in the East. Is the Jazz bench going to get better, or are the Jazz just going to routinely give up runs when the Jazz bench comes in? You know, I think that's the one thing that uh, is going to is ongoing with with injuries to Moutier uh, and also now at Davis. You know, for a four to six week period, Moutier should you know bounce back quicker than what Ed Davis is uh, with his leg. But, you know, you're going to have to look at Tony Bradley. I mean, you know, he's had a couple of good games, guys. I think George Niang, um, you know, he took one shot last night, really not involved, had foul trouble. Uh, I'm not sure when we see Dante should be tomorrow night. I mean, that's kind of what the rumor mill is out there. And if that's the case, that gives Quinn a whole other way of rotating players and maybe alleviates, you know, Donovan's load at the point. Uh, if, uh, you know, Emmanuel Moutier is not able to go. And I wonder, too, if we don't maybe get a chance to see Mieoni. Uh There's a couple of guys there I'm intrigued to, to see how they do on the floor if needed. Uh, but right now, I thought last night was an improvement uh, with what the Jazz bench uh, gave Quinn, led by uh, Joe. Um, is he going to be on today? Supposed to be, yeah. Yeah. No, he's got to be happy, right? I, I would think that that's probably one of his best games of the year in a new role, which I think, again, he's had to adjust to. And I thought he really led the second unit. And plus, he, he mixed and finished. And I think you'll see Joe in that fourth quarter on every night. I mean, you got to have a guy like that, you know, on the floor with three point ability, his layup, uh, what he, you know, does on his drives inside, and, and just his swagger, PK. I mean, I, I just like the, I like the body language from Joe Ingles out there, and it seems like the team does too. I like the body language of what I've been seeing from Donovan Mitchell. It's like I'm a star. I know I'm a star. Everybody knows I'm a star, so I'm going to play like it. And I yeah, love that yeah. what uh, Thurl was saying with you on the broadcast as far as that mid-range there, and Quinn backed it up in the postgame on DJ's question. If the mid-range is open, take it, and Mitchell is taking it and making it. I don't have a problem with mid-range. I know analytics tell us no. I know the high percentage is at the rim, and you, if three is more than two, but I'd rather get two than nothing. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of an easy philosophy. And Donovan is a talented guy in the mid-range. If he doesn't see it outside, I like it when he steps in. He goes free throw line straight away. You can go wing angles, and, of course, he's a driver when he needs to be. But I would, who's arguing with seven games of the first eight that he's been 20-plus and I, I, PK, your comment about I think he knows that he's good uh, is spot on. Third year, and what happened this summer, and what Popovich kind of now like to almost be a fly on the wall to see how Popovich handled and coached him uh, during Team USA competition because I think he just understands who he is, and he said two things. I want to be in shape. I want to make better decisions. And obviously, with the way he plays, too, he's going to get more free throw opportunities, though he did not last night because he was more taking, you know, pull up Jays and, and, and going outside a little bit. But um, his, his look and the way that he handles himself right now, I think in his mind, he knows he belongs at the highest level in the league. And that's uh, kind of a beautiful thing to watch, huh? 
Well, I think if you don't, you can't play at that level unless you think that, I think for most people. So I think the one goes with the other. I'm curious uh, to get back to the bench a little bit. I didn't know what I should expect out of Jeff Green, and maybe I still don't know, but I expected more than this. And we're only eight games in, so let's not get too wound up about stuff. But at the same time, let's go, let's go, let's go. So what should yeah. I be expecting? Well, I think you. Are, I think we're all expecting more offense, right? Uh, I think you know he came in with the three-point shot. I saw him with mid-range uh, during his career as well. A little bit of a driver. Age is maybe part of that. Uh, but I still see him as an athletic, physical guy. Um, one of six, he's better, and he would tell you that. Uh, rebounded six times last night, grabbed six boards, so that's a that's a plus in his direction. But I think the whole bench uh, has to still continue to step up and, and do better. Uh, last night, you know, Joe 16 kind of gives it a little bit more balance. But, uh, you know, Tony Bradley, I didn't expect, um, you know, to be a factor and that's kind of that's a nice surprise, you know. Twelve minutes, he missed one shot, eight points. Uh, the guy can rebound, and he has block shot, you know, ability as well. So he's learning the process, and it's going to be a great opportunity for him for the next, you know, four to five weeks while Davis uh, recovers from the fractured leg. But there still needs to be more punch. I'm with you. And where's that come from? I don't know if it's the return of Moutier. I don't know if Dante Exum. Uh, we'll be able to give the Jazz something that we've waited for now for years. And I just hope for Dante that he stays healthy. I'd love to see him play 72 games, 70 games, and really give him himself confidence. And also I think the Jazz front office and the fan base are anxious to see what he really truly is. Injuries have just haunted this guy. And it's time that he gets a chance to play some basketball. Yeah, it'd be nice. Um, not necessarily hold my breath, but at this point in my mind, anything he gives them is a bonus. But I know they're expecting him to be back on the floor. We'll see how it goes, and hopefully it works very well. Uh, what was the deal about Gobert wanting more touches? Well, from what I got was it's kind of a two-fold comment, and I think you saw some of it last night. Uh, they went to him early and often. They also, I think Ingles was focused on giving him the ball, too, and the touches from inside the locker room was the fact, yeah, I think Rudy wants to have a, a more of an offensive, uh, you know, uh, impact on this team, but also talking to some other Jazz officials, it's, the, the thing was, look, touch the ball, uh, help run the offense, draw defenders to him, let him kick it out or pass it inside. He's turned into a pretty good pocket passer, uh, and you would like to be able to facilitate some of that. So the touches equate, I think, two things, PK, helping the offense get more involved and him being a part of it, but also letting him have some, uh, you know, some looks down low, uh, not only the high lob pass or the high pass and him finishing at the rim, but maybe just letting him try to uh, use his body down on the block and, and score inside. But kind of saw a little combination of everything last night. I think the team uh, tried to accommodate some of those things that Rudy was concerned about and you know, you got to win against Philadelphia. And I think Rudy, um, when you look at his box score, he played 36 minutes, still only took eight shots. But, um, you know, he got 14 and 16 and a block shot, but he fouled out late. But he had to battle inside with Embiid all night. But I, I thought he had a really good game. I, I thought he looked more comfortable, looked more engaged, PK. And maybe that's what it takes just to, you know, get some touches. It's as simple as that. 
I was surprised Rudy didn't run Embiid more. I thought Embiid was gassed in the third quarter. Even like three minutes into the third quarter, I was shocked yeah. to see him hands on knees. Uh, somebody, one of the guards, went, I think it was Conley, went flying by him. Maybe it was somebody else, but I think it was Conley, went flying by him and got a bucket and got a foul on him. I thought if they run this guy, he's going to foul out. And they didn't foul him out, and he ended up fouling Gobert out and all the free throws he got down the stretch. They ended up not mattering, but they could have. I know that's something they've worked on in the past. Is that probably just... There's a list of things that Quinn will go through, and at some point there's going to be practices devoted to that. Spot those guys Most and run likely. them. You know what? Your, your point's well taken. I thought when I saw him just breathing, sucking air yeah. last night, and uh, I, I really thought that he rested and got a chance to recover a lot because of the free throws. I mean, the guy was living at the line in the, in the last six minutes when he was gassed, as you said. And had he stayed off the line and the Jazz were running him back and forth, I think he probably would have fouled out on his own just to get get a chance to get off the floor. But it didn't work out that way. And then he kept him in by knocking out free throws. I mean, that's pretty inter- you know pretty impressive performance for a big guy uh, that can stand up there and hit 16 of 18 you know free ones. And that kept that kept uh, obviously Philadelphia within striking distance throughout the fourth quarter. Um, and Gobert, as you said, is the one that I thought he would foul him out, but instead Gobert got fouled late, or he fouled Embiid late, and that was it. When do you think we should start paying attention to the standings? You know, that discussion has been, um, since I've been calling games, um, I think even into the games 30s and 40s, I've asked Quinn about that. And look, I know everyone always glances but in reality, uh, it, it's, I think this year in particular, PK, it's going to jockey back and forth, uh, and it's just going to be, a, you know, spin your head around trying to keep track of what goes on in the West. Um, that game last night for the Jazz was big uh, against one of the better teams uh, in the East, and tomorrow night will be the same way with the Bucks. But I think in the West, you're just going to see a lot of back and forth. I wouldn't be surprised in a lot of four-game series. You see 2-2, home and away. You may steal one at home. You may give one away at home. Uh, I think it's just going to be that way because of the incredible balance, one through ten. Uh, I think you see New Orleans already, you know, really tailing off despite uh, you know Zion's injury and Faves hasn't been able to go with the sore knee, which we knew uh, we heard that a lot during his career with the Jazz. And um, so there's teams out there that are kind of still finding their way, like the Jazz. But I think you see what's the top eight, top nine right now. I think those guys are just going to jockey back and forth. I don't know. I don't think Quinn's going to be looking at standings for quite a while. PK fans will, but I don't think uh, Quinn Snyder cares much right now. I do think that there won't be much change those last 20 or 25 games. It's hard to move very much because so many teams are shutting it down. There's so many wins for all the good teams. Great point. Load management. I mean, you're already seeing it on no back-to-backs. Kawhi, the way things are going, I mean, he may be like what Toronto did last year and what LeBron's doing now. Again, at his age, I get that. Um, but, you know, he played 60 games last year. I'm speaking of Kawhi in Toronto, and they won a title. So probably the Clippers will take that same, uh, you know, model and try to implement it. And Kawhi most likely knows his body better than anyone, and he's going to dictate when he when he jumps on the floor and when he doesn't. That's the way this league's going, is that you protect superstars, and what happens is what matters is postseason play, right? And we know that. And we'll see how if the Jazz have to do load management with Donovan, depending on minutes. Um, and but he's 23, that does help. But at the same time, you have to protect the player, which I know angers fans. 
but that's the way it is in this league right now. And I was surprised, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think LeBron has stepped out of uh, two national broadcast games and one by Kawhi, if not two. And I wouldn't be surprised if at the national level that isn't a discussion point to the front office with Adam Silver. I mean, I think these guys pay so much they expect the stars to play on you know in prime time. So we'll see if that continues or not. Bowler, we appreciate it. Thanks, and we'll talk to you again next week. Guys, great. Thanks so much. See you soon.